What's going on, everybody? You're here with another episode of Big Talk with Leezy with your host, Leezy the Gifted. And this week on the 54th episode, we have none other than Coach Brian Sullivan. Coach, how are you today? I'm well, Lee. Looking good, as always. <laughs> I like your hair. I like your shirt. Thank you. Like your style. How is uh how was the first day of camp today for good. session good. five, right? Session six. Session six. Our first one down in Danville. It's going good. Yeah. Love uh love the facility at St. Isidore. Mm -hmm. Really really love working with them down here. They do so much to support kids and we're uh we're always a good uh partner. Yeah. Yes. So Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get into a little bit of like your style of coaching. So like, cause you coached at Northgate and De La Salle with coach Frank Lago senior, right? I did. So what's, uh, what's like your style of coaching? What's kind of your approach to trying to get the most out of people? Oh man. I think the number one thing you have to do is you have to connect with people, let them know you care. Mm -hmm. Like getting stuff out of people is not necessarily that, you know, it, it's, it's a misnomer mm -hmm. cause people, you know, people just don't do stuff sometimes. Like the motivation has to be something that is like a part of a relationship. Right. Uh, so for me, I know playing, I was always about what can I do to connect with the player? Mm -hmm. What way can I help learn more about them so they can connect on a deeper level that I can use that to motivate them to right. play harder, work harder, just become the player they're meant to be? Right. With, you know, you, you've been in so many different fields. You've been a basketball coach teacher, now administrator, camp director, are there, you know, are there any like differences in motivating people throughout those fields or, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, uh, I think things are different when you think of, uh, you know, as a coach, people that are playing basketball, they like it. Mm. And so there's that built-in motivation right there. People right. want to play, people want to do well. Uh, as an administrator, you know, people choose teaching as a calling, so they their motivation is there as well. Mm. Um, the, the, the challenge at times can be the student, and students are awesome, kids are great, but you know, not every student likes math, or right. not every student likes science, so how do you make that? Uh, that can be a little bit more of a challenge. I mean, I, it's funny, I ask my kids, uh, what's your favorite part of school? Recess. Yeah. What's your favorite subject? PE. <laughs> Same with me. You know, it's, it, it's funny. Like I ask, I'll ask my kids, who's your favorite teacher? And my son, without question, says, Mrs. Myers, who's his kindergarten teacher. How come? No homework. <laughs> Don't remember a thing about it. So That's hilarious. Yeah, sometimes when you think about student, it can, it, it can be a challenge. And yeah. you got to make sure that you make it fun and engaging and at the same time stimulating where they are learning and see the benefits of learning. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know like as a student, it was hard for me to stay focused in classes too. It was, I was more focused on being an athlete, basketball, sure. stuff of that nature. But every time I was here at Excel, it was no problem to be motivated. I always loved being here. This was like second home to me, still sure. is, you know? Oh, cool. um, so what it like, what importance do you think sports has on kids and the development of children? Well, I mean, I think it's invaluable for mm -hmm. a number of reasons. You know, sports in general are healthy. Yeah. You know, like you talk about physical activity. Um, I also think that, you know, for one reason or another, kids uh, can become isolated. Hmm. That happens sometimes with video games. Hmm. I mean, you can play, you can sit in your room and you can play with five friends who are sitting in their own homes, in their own rooms, 
hooked up to a console playing some game somewhere. Right. Uh, you know, sports are different. You go, you go to a practice, you get into a gym, you start working on skills, and you start doing things that are team-related. They're going to help the team be successful. So you learn the importance of working together. You learn the importance of kind of carrying your own weight. You learn the importance of you improving, mm-hmm. because the more you improve, the team improves. Um, so I think for like developmentally, mm-hmm. just that social aspect of interconnected socially and can be emotionally, mm-hmm. um, or at the same time, just really building that responsibility that goes along with being a good teammate, which is the same as being a good friend, right. which is the same as being a good citizen. Yeah. All things that kind of go hand in hand with what you know makes things successful. Right. Talk about some of the challenges, like because you're talking about how kids have to go through kind of working with others in a team aspect, mm-hmm. and you coach for many years. What are some challenges that you faced as a coach and then what are some of the challenges that the players face working together well you know i I coached varsity basketball and you know most of the kids that made to that team they were the star of their elementary team their junior high team or their cyo team or their youth team so as they matriculated then maybe they're not maybe now all of a sudden for the first time they're fighting like tooth and claw Mm -hmm. they're trying to make the team and then they're trying to get into the lineup they're trying to get minutes so that you know dealing with that expectation and helping kids understand that you know everything you do is earned and it doesn't matter what you did before it is about you coming to work every day showing that you're committed to your teammates showing you're committed to the team and getting after it and that can be a challenge basketball is kind of a selfish sport by nature in that what do we look at first points right who scored the most points? How many mm. points do you have? Oh, you know. Yeah. No one. I was talking to kids today at camp. Said, how many people have ever told you, oh, he did such a great job boxing out today? Right. Like, oh, I love how many deflections you had. Right. And yet those things help teams win. But they're not stats that go in a newspaper. They're just things that are kind of invaluable. Mm. And so getting kids to understand that and buy into that is, uh, is a process. Mm-hmm. No one just gets it right away. And it happens by drills getting drills and the emphasis that coaches put on certain things. Right. You know, Coach Alaco always says a funny thing. It's like, get, your team doesn't rebound well on a Friday night, so Saturday you start rebounding. Guess what? It's too late. Mm, <laughs> you should right. have rebounded on Thursday and Wednesday and the previous Monday and all those days before is when you should have been working on your rebounding. You know, it's so, like, mm. it, that you just kind of are chasing, like, your own tail, trying mm. to figure out what it is. You got to you got to look and see what's the big picture. What do we have to do to be successful? And you have to be committed to it, which oftentimes is tough to do. It's like, let's work on our offense. Let's work on this. Let's work on this. Like, no, let's do our defensive breakdowns. Let's do our rebounding breakdowns. Let's make sure we're doing our ball handling skill work. All the things that, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have time. You might not have time, but if you don't have time as a coach, kids aren't going to make time because mm. it's not that important to you. So. It just doesn't translate to being important to them. Right. Man, I agree with that. Like, the importance of the fundamentals you're kind of just now touching on, right? Just the importance of, like, I'll ask kids sometimes who, like, I coach for ASA and Prime, you know. And sometimes when kids leave, I'll ask, you know, how come you chose to left? And it's not coming down hard. I want to know to get better. Yeah. Because I feel like if a kid leaves, maybe there's something we, I should have done better. So, and they'll say, like, a few kids have said, it's because 
you know, we do the same thing at practice every day and it gets boring. But I, I but then I look and realize the stuff that we do is the most important stuff. Right. You know, like I coached 12 games this weekend and we have an issue with passing the ball, like just the correct technique sure. or jumping to the ball and do, catching and ripping, which is the most, you know, you could say that's the most boring looking drill, right. but how important is it to pass the ball? Yeah. And, you, and you don't, like, it's not a stat. How many good passes did you throw today? Right? We have turnovers, but not he threw a perfect chest or bouncer, yeah. you know, over the head. Right. And so I think even with, like, with life, you know, now that I'm not playing basketball and work, moving on to the business stuff that I'm trying to do, the little things are so important. Like, how long can you sit and focus on a given task? You know, and that's stuff that I learned being at Excel and that's stuff I learned in basketball. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's easy to dribble for two, three, four seconds, right? Sure. It's easy to go hard when there's a game, but it's not so easy when you have to shoot 300 shots, uh, maybe by yourself. Right. So to talk about like, because now you're not in, now your profession is you're a principal. Right. So talk about how did some of the stuff that you learned as a player then coach translate to being a principal? Right. Uh, great question. I think. You know, it's like, how do you approach things? Mm -hmm. It's like, do you want to be good? Do you want to be great? Do you want to try to be the best? Um, do you want to just get by? Mm -hmm. um, do you want to go unnoticed? Do you want to make it so that you do stuff that looks like you're doing things, but nobody really knows because you're not standing out? Uh, I think that is kind of a thing that a lot of people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you're trying to do your best work, you do kind of what you had said when you first started. If somebody leaves a program, somebody leaves your team, you want to know why. It's like, I, I appreciate when people say, oh, you're doing such a great job. I, I also appreciate just as much when people say like, hey, I wish you would, I wish, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed that this happened. Mm, yeah, me too. Then, yeah, you can get that perspective and right. say like, you know what? I appreciate you sharing that. And you, at the same time, can process it and, it's, and, and, and not being defensive, you can like tell people your thought processes. Like, this is why I did that. Right. We, we, this, this is the decision I made because of these factors. And, you know, when you share information, when you share your, your perspective on things, it gives you a chance to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people aren't open to that. Some people don't want to hear that kind of feedback. Right. They kind of just want to say that everything's fine, everything's yeah. good. But if everything's fine and good, you're not getting better. Right. You know, you're staying the same, really. And um, I think as a principal, for me, feedback is key. Feedback from kids, feedback from teachers, feedback from families. Um, I, I, I just appreciate it. And not just, not just negative feedback. No one's like just looking for all negative feedback. Just right. honest feedback. Right. And uh, you have to be open to that and be willing to accept it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like that, I agree with that 100% feedback, especially from that basketball perspective as a player. I mean, you got to know that you have to get better. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get better is through constructive feedback, however you want to call it, feedback. Right. You know, usually I think what's tough is, I mean, for me, I had to work on... I had to work on realizing that I wasn't where I wanted to be in that current moment, whether it be when I was a young basketball player or an artist, producer, whatever. And then feedback just means you're not good at something that you need to get better at. I mean, that's, that's how I take it. Yeah. And someone is from the outside perspective telling you, hey, like this is something you're not good at, you need to fix, or I don't like the way you're doing this, it affects me a certain way. Um, how do you... 
Were you always good at handling feedback? No. So when were you not good at it, and then when did you start getting good at it? When I was younger, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, I wasn't open to it. Like, mm-hmm. not negative stuff. If it was a coach that was trying to help me, like, because that's kind of the process of you, like, taking instruction mm-hmm. and people being, like, trying to correct you. Um, but when people were, like, if somebody's negative, it, 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 it drags on you. Even now, like, feedback that's negative, you got to take it. Because it, it, and take it for the value that it might have. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's funny as we were talking too, like, sometimes people are negative um, because they have an ulterior motive. Yeah. To, it's like they want something from them, for themselves. Um, and so it, it, that's, that's okay for mm-hmm. them. Um, when you're in a role of overseeing a bunch of people, uh, you have to do what's best for first the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, second teachers third families like teachers and families kind of the same thing but it has to come down to what are we in this for for me as a school administrator it's like first and foremost kids Mm -hmm. and so if a teacher wants something or a parent wants something that might not necessarily be in line with what I think is something that the kid would be better with you you just have to make those decisions and talk to people and say hey this is my thought process Um, and it's tough sometimes Mm -hmm. because people don't want to hear that yeah, but it's right. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. How do you, how can you tell the difference between someone who's just being negative and then someone who genuinely wants to give feedback you need to hear? Uh, I think sometimes with the, what kind of history do you have or right. what kind of veracity uh, a concern <laughs> is. You know, if it's like this is the worst thing that's ever happened and you like look at it from a different, like from a perspective that's a few feet away from it, it's like, well, that's not necessarily the worst thing that can happen. Right. There's a lot worse things that could happen than that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So, um, but that's kind of it. Or if somebody kind of comes to you with the same stuff over and over, they have a pattern. Yeah, yeah I understand. They behave in a certain way. And that's all fine. Right. Because that's that process, as long as you're open and you're willing to listen to stuff, then you're able to find out who does, you know, where, where people are coming from. More Is it more from their perspective only? Mm-hmm. Is it more from team-oriented anyway right how do you um, what about giving feedback I mean how do because because I I feel like it could be tough coaching for example or being a principal it can be difficult giving someone I mean are you always comfortable giving someone feedback depends what it's for Mm. you know if it's something really serious it can be uncomfortable yeah it can be but it has to happen um, yeah, it's, it, you know, I think in all times when you're trying to like give somebody feedback, you, you, like in my role, you're, you're trying to help people change mm. or improve or make some adjustments. And so how do you motivate people to do that? Some people respond differently. You ask somebody to do something, they don't do it. So you tell the person they have to do it and they do it. Now they might be, you know, offended that it's like hey you're forcing me to do this and this and that it's like well you know I've asked you a few times and you haven't done it so you know I, I figured since you're not going to do what I'm asking I'm going to have to tell you <laughs> I feel it right you know right um, but it's not easy I, I always feel like you know no one likes to, no one likes to be criticized mm. so whatever your message is you want to make it sure that it's from the from the from the way of like, hey, this is these are ways to improve. These are ways that we have to do things differently. These are things that we need to 
do to make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. um, and then as long as you're not making them feel defensive, like they're, you know, doing something terrible right. or being admonished, you're, you're, it's more likely someone will be open to can you, can you talk about like I want to kind of switch gears but keep this whole feedback thing going like talk about being in a competitive environment where you're you're the one competing mm. how, how do you uh, how do you work with others where you're not because when you're a coach or a principal you're kind of the one who's above the person you're giving feedback to right. so what about when you're a teammate and you're kind of equal to that person how do you deal with that? And then how do you teach people how to deal with that? Um, you know, at a young age, I, I, there was an intense desire to be successful and mm -hmm. to win. And uh, so I think oftentimes there's some like innate, there's an innate sense amongst people about how competitive they might be. Um, and I was fortunate to have Coach Alaco who harnessed that. And like really showed me that like, hey, if you want to be special, if you want to be good, you got to just outwork everybody. And outworking everybody means people go out partying, you work on your shop. When people want to just kind of hang out and play video games, you're out in the driveway working on your game. When people want to just, you know, kind of just do, like sit and relax and do nothing all day long. I mean, you could do that, but how's that getting you closer to your goals? How's that getting closer? I think goals too are big. I say that in that you know you ask people like what do you want what do you want from this endeavor like if somebody says like I really want to be this or that say great let's figure out how can you do that right and when you're when, when you're a basketball player there, there's kind of a formula right. that goes into it you know right. you gotta do this this you gotta work on this skill this skill this skill you gotta go play you gotta do these you gotta condition you gotta lift weights so there's a bunch that goes into it mm -hmm. that's pretty concrete um, Non-negotiable. Yeah, but you know when it comes to the game, um, how competitive are you? Because mm. th that's what kind of sets people apart. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody says, "Oh, they're such a gamer." It's like I don't know if there's anyone that's a gamer per se, other than somebody that like has an intense desire to succeed, that has put in the work, right? And they're put in a position to show that they're, you know, they can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of that kind of brings up the point you talked about, Coach. Earlier, you talked about how Coach Alaco said um, people will work on something kind of after the fact, yeah, and it's a little late, right. right? So that I feel like with that, you know, all these concrete things you need to do, the competitors are the ones who prepare for sure, rather than oh, do yeah. it. They don't wait right halftime or the tip off <laughs> start working off. i guess i should have worked on my shot we're down 20 <laughs> right at half right so how do you man how do you uh i don't know how do you you kind of have to go through that failure though oh because totally. otherwise you're not really how can you prepare for something you don't know of oh totally i mean there like there, there are oftentimes there's there's moments or there are situations that we are in that we're a part of that really kind of shape us yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I, I, I just got beat, or this just happened. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Am I just going to put my head down and just mope and, like, just shy away from it? Or am I going to learn from it? Am I going to get disappointed? Am I going to be upset? Am I going to get, you know, cry or whatever goes with that? And then once that's over, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go back to doing the same thing I did before? 
Am I going to go back and approach things a little bit different? Like, I don't want that to happen again. Mm. And if you come from the attitude of every loss is an opportunity to learn and grow, you know, you're going to go back at things and you're going to work harder or you're going to work a little smarter mm. and you're going to do things differently that are going to give you an edge that maybe was missing before. Right. How do you... Um... So when it comes to like losing a game, let's just say, or you, yeah, like losing a big game, yeah, you're supposed to let it bother you. But are you? How long? How long do you let something bother you until it's detrimental? Because you should let it bother you to make you better. But if it's too long, you might quit. So how do you? How do you balance that out? Yeah, you know, there's some losses I never got over. Really? Yeah, just because. Just, I don't know when. Uh, uh, sometimes you get a. I, I don't know. I, I always felt that, like, um, I took things very personally, like competition. And so, if I lost, or the team lost, I'd be embarrassed. Mm. You know. Yeah. And when you're embarrassed, you have to hold that. You like carry it with you everywhere. You know. And like, the only way it goes away is by having another opportunity to succeed. Yeah and not be embarrassed. And maybe if the things line up for you, have another opportunity against that same opponent. Yeah. And see, see what difference was made. Um, I think that's key, is how, you, like in responding, it's okay to be upset for a long time because the motivation that goes with it, again, if it just eats you away and kind of just really knocks you out, depresses you, well, that's not, that's not that great. Right. What well, can you talk about one of those losses that you have not gotten over? Uh, which one? Talk about one as a coach from De La Salle. Okay. Um, I'm thinking the, you know, from De La Salle, a pretty tough loss for us. I don't know. Can't think of one like right off the top of my head. How about another one? Just any other loss? Mm. I don't know. You like? I guess the thing is, and it's I hate to sound like you hate to lose to an opponent you felt like you were better than. Yes. So one year we played in NorCal Regional. The NorCal Regional, the opening round, we lost in the opening round to a team from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We had played them earlier in the year and had beaten them. But, like, it was a tough year. It was a tough year. And we lost a lot for our standards. And it was, like, it was really disheartening to go out against the team you had beaten before. And I think some of that kind of plays into, I think a little bit plays into that. Like, oh, we should have beat them. Or our kids might have thought that, oh, we already beat them before. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. In fact, they, I mean, it was a close game, but it was like one of those games that was like four points that felt like ten the whole time. Like, we got to just get over the hump. We could never cut it to a one-possession game. Oh, my God, yeah. So, and it was just like so frustrating because we had open shots and open this and missed free throws and dirt pullers and all the things that, you know, you work on to, like, make those plays. We just didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, that ended the season. Right. And it was oh over. So, you know, it's like a culmination of summer, fall, winter, 
spring, you know, by the time you get going in basketball, it, like literally, you play summer league, you do fall open gyms, you know, you got fall practice that starts in November, you go through all winter, and then you're good enough to play into March. Right. And, you have like, you know. Not a long break. Yeah, well, at the same time, like, and so, I don't know, it's just, yeah, you wanna end, you want, you want to end, losing is not terrible, because, I mean, it happens the majority of the time. Right. I think I was fortunate to coach three state championship teams. For 23 years, that means 20 years ended on a loss. Right. Oh, man, wow. Well um, said. So, it's just when you lose to, and you don't play well, and right. you don't feel like you didn't make the growth you needed to make. That's so interesting, the way you said that. Three, so, 23 years, you had three state championships. 20 years you lost you ended on a loss mm -hmm. whoa that's see that I never thought of it like that because like that's like how basically like a majority of teams 99% yeah. end on a loss totally so that so hmm that's so As a coach what do you do though because it's the players you know if you're a senior you, you, you move on as a coach, you gotta go back to work. Right. How can you change? How can you do things different? Who do you have to work with to improve? And what areas of improvement do you have to do? Right. Um, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's really, yeah. That's such an interesting, like, God, that's such an interesting way to look at it. I never would have thought of it. Like, you really, more often than not, someone's losing than winning. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious, but it never really, it never really hit me until just now. So how do you, does it get easier to deal with losing? No, but at the same time, how you lose, you play your best, mm -hmm. you play your hardest, your team's better and they play hard and they do things to win, you know, you can take that. Yeah. Um, you, you do think, you, you, if, you, if you don't play, if you feel like you could have done things differently and played better, um, yeah, it just has a different taste to it. No, I agree with that. Yesterday, I coached a third grade game, my nice. last game of the weekend, and uh, it kind of was one of those games I felt like we could have won. Mm -hmm. And it was like what you said. We were down one or two possessions. We even were up by three points at one point. But most of the game, we were only down one or two possessions, but it like, felt like ten because yeah. we could never get over that hump. It was like what you said was what I went through yesterday. Um, and I think like it was really, really hard, and it's third graders, so obviously, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you gotta, you know, it's a humongous grain of salt you gotta take it with. But, you know, I felt like at the end, the only thing that's gotten me through it was just to realize that if you make it, we should have won rather than let's learn from it, then, then you lost. Like, then it kind of sucks for the kids. Right. Now I feel like I'd be a bad coach. But I just right away tried to realize don't turn it into this whole you should have won that game thing. Try to make it. You know, that's a good attitude, and that's yeah, that's so important too. When you think about mm -hmm. for kids, how do they grow from it? Right. You know, like going over this, like you guys did do this, you do this, you do this. Like kids don't mean to make mistakes. Right. You know, if it's like, oh, coach, I've been practicing dribbling off my foot. <laughs> I'm, getting, right. I'm an expert shooting air ball layups. Right. It's very specialty. Yeah. So it's like letting them know what what areas to improve upon as a team. And I talk about individually, but I think it's always important. Like when you're talking to a group, 
try to stay away from singling people out because no matter how you single them out, unless it's just immense praise, um, it just has that effect of people being embarrassed. Um, but telling kids as a team areas that we need to grow upon, like us, me as a coach, you as a player, us as a team, um, I think it's big because now they don't feel like they have, they don't feel like they're just carrying the whole thing. It's, uh, right. it's a team effort, starting I, with the coach. Right, absolutely. Um, I wish we had more time. That's all I right. Wish we had I have to make it over to practice. That's what you o'clock. do. But I, I really, really appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Let's go. We had to get the snap. I really appreciate your time, and it's been hard to get you. Yeah. To get Coach Alaco and Coach Sullivan within a four-day span. Back to back. No, I had to plan it. So, uh -huh. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. Thank Everything you. that I got.